five, four, three, two, one. What's going on, Punkadella Files? You already know who it is. Spliff Booth, the renegade of funk, Suck Rogers, Slouching Tiger, Bedridden Dragon. And I just want to kick off this week by saying, hey, hey, people that like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, who hurt you? What's going on there? Catch, like, just stick both hands down your trousers right now and catch a grip of yourself because, quite frankly... I've had enough of it, okay, and I will not be lying to anybody anymore about it, so that's just that. Now, if you are a new listener to this podcast, here is a list of what I would say that this podcast is about. Uh, number one, a lot recently, it's been about talking about cult movies. Uh, number two, it is about uh, heavy metal and hardcore punk, when it can be arsed to get around to such things, but um, should have some more music shit in the pipeline. Like, realistically, if you think about it, this year... We're going to get a Wild Hearts album, a Darkness album, so that's my two favourite bands ever immediately covered, probably the new Megadeth record, which is like, you know, just, it's sad, the whole thing that Ellison's not going to be on it, that fucking Megadeth is now, uh, you know, he's got some other bass player in to record over Ellison's parts, like, because of that whole, like, you couldn't even call that a sex scandal, like, that's like, that's nothing like there's like i've been more embarrassed like seriously what the fuck but anyway i digress that album should still be fucking kick ass no matter what the drummer from the last well not that he was on the last record but from the last tour certainly kicked arse and kiko larero in the band obviously like there was just it's sad because they were firing on absolutely all cylinders and it looked, they looked set to really, really... And, the, you know, like this is probably going to be their last album. Mustaine just had that whole battle with throat cancer. This is going to be a thrash metal epitaph. It's going to be an epithrash. That's what it should be called, in fact. You know, can I actually trademark and copyright that live on the air? I mean, I know we're not live. I'm pre-recording as ever, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so Megadeth, like, to me, one of the most fascinating thrash bands, like, the most fascinating thrash band of all time, um, Rust in Peace and Countdown to Extinction, front to back, are both amazing records, um, and also, if you get the remastered versions, they were remastered in, like, 2004, this sort of, I think, come back out on vinyl, you know, since the initial release at that point, but, like, it was remastered for the CD, if you buy the CD, or if you download it off the Pirate Bay, just saying, get the remasters, they do sound a little bit cleaner, a little bit less 80s, it's, it's, it's well worth it, okay? As for what the exact differences are, don't, <laughs> don't drag me, like, I don't really understand mixing and mastering fully, I'm not that type of music nerd, like, I vaguely grasp sort of what's going on, like, mixing's easier to understand than mastering, but, uh, I just know that these remasters sound a little bit better, and, uh, just, if you, just, you just gotta listen to both albums basically back-to-back over and over until your ears spot the differences for you. There's no science to it, really, like, that's just what it is, it's just nerding out on it over and over and over. And then also a new Mastodon album, potentially, we've already had While She Sleeps this year, the Bronx's album, like, we listened to both those singles live on this podcast, 
it was terrible content. I realized that you couldn't hear the song. Like, obviously, I'm not taking any chances. I'm not putting copyrighted shit in this podcast. Fuck you guys. Uh, sorry, but that's the way it is. But yeah, like, so there we go. That's it's about. It's also about music. It's about fucking mixed martial arts, UFC fighting, cage fighting. Like, not just UFC, but like all organizations. Um, felt like a bit of a dickhead or the other night. I've never really done anything or any looking into this guy, AJ McKee, who's Bellator's new featherweight prospect, who's their new champion, undefeated, but won all of his fights in Bellator. So has he really been tested? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure Pitbull or whichever one of the Pitbull brothers that was that he just fought um, was no easy fight. And the finish did look sublime. It was a head kick followed up with a Stanton guillotine. So pretty fucking tasty. Uh, but let himself down. Like they, they still managed to Bellator it all up because he just won the featherweight belt in Bellator. Right? So obviously an amazing achievement for an athlete. Like and far be it for me to disrespect it. Right? And we say that all the time, like, I'm not an expert in mixed martial arts or anything. I'm just a massive fan of watching it. But he instantly goes at the press conference and calls for a boxing bout with Floyd Mayweather. And it's just like, like, no, like, that's just not the path. Like, you sort of, you need to make a little bit more noise than this. You know, that's it. So, whatever. But, yes, more detailed uh, mixed martial arts analysis like that. Basically, just bitching about fighters. And uh, it's also been about, it was about cooking one week. I went off for about 50 minutes about fucking burgers. And uh, that was just the entire podcast. We've done album reviews on here. We've listened to music live. We've watched trailers live together. We've read through game books where I read out like a pick a plot, choose your own adventure. Check out last week's episode if you want to get on that. And um, all in all, I'm just like, I'm still pretty happy with the tagline that we've been working with. Punkadelic podcast is a podcast about the things that make life worth living. And that's just it. So we do be on here talking shit about those things and that's it. And like there'll be plenty of shit talk tonight because I'm just sitting inside here. I've got a dreadful setup tonight. I'm back in an older setup of the studio uh, where I haven't recorded since episode five. But I'm just, I'm making it work. I've got a new puppy. He's two months old and he's just full of fucking beans. So I'm trying to snatch out, I'll just try and snatch out a half an hour here and there. I'm trying to get through but like I'm absolutely buzzing about tonight's episode i'm really really juiced up about it because it's like there's no there's no one thing here tonight there's simply no one thing for me to be talking to you about so we're going absolutely all over the fucking shop there's loads and loads of sauce and then i was gonna it was gonna be completely walloperless i was gonna like we were closing in it was like, like getting late in the day today and um i hadn't found i hadn't seen anything particularly egregious that really bothered me that i wanted to talk to you about so but then this one girl's Instagram bio came up and I was just like, like you know, like I've said it on here before, it fascinates me the 35 words that people will condense themselves down to. Like it's absolutely wild and this was a real good one. So we'll be dragging that bitch later on. So uh, welcome if you're a new listener of the show. If you uh, are here for the first time, welcome. You you're picked a fucking great night to start. Um, as of right now, this episode is provisionally going to be titled The Trailer Park Trailer Shark because I am simple and I like things that rhyme and later on tonight, 
about the biggest step that we're going to do in this podcast tonight is I sat and watched six or seven trailers back to back there tonight and I've got a little review of each and every one of them we can sort of talk about which ones we're most excited for so let's just get fucking nerding out let's go punkadelophiles all right so straight up can everyone please shut the fuck up about this young girl at the Olympics like like, like, there isn't fucking real news to be reporting on. Like, is, is everything sorted out in Yemen? Is everything sorted out in Palestine? So, how the fuck do we have time to be talking about this one fucking gymnast? I just don't get it. I just don't understand how people... People who have never in their lives say one word out loud about gymnastics going all in on this situation. And, like, my point being as well, any of these think pieces or, like, the things that are, like, cheering her on and are passionate about her like taking the time for her mental health and like like making a giant fucking deal out of it it's like well if it's so normal why is it such a giant fucking deal so i just don't i just don't think that anybody's reactions to it feel honest and true or i just like who the fuck would have an opinion on this situation now i i'm not saying that i do i don't give a fuck what she does like good for her more power to her either way um I heard one ex one person saying that she got something like the gymnast version of the yips, which is like vertigo where you can't tell where you are in the air. You don't know if you're fucking arse over tit or what. So uh, you can think you're about to land perfectly on your feet and you just fucking land on your neck and kill yourself. So on those grounds, who the fuck are any of us to fucking judge? So whatever. If I had to have an opinion on it, I'd probably be absolutely dead on with her quitting. So if you're not, then... Perhaps, America, we would need to ask ourselves the hard question of whether or not uh, race might be an issue here. Because if this was a young white girl, would this be a thing or would it just be uniformly celebrated and would there be 18 billion Instagram accounts dedicated to it for the rest of many people's lives? Many non-athletes' fucking lives, much less Olympic level. Anyway, just wanted to get that out. So there you go. I don't have an opinion on what she did, but I have an opinion on everybody else having fucking opinions on it. So I don't know if that makes me a little bit of a hypocrite, then whatever. So also, if I ever sound distracted on this episode tonight, it is A, because it is 81 Fahrenheit in this room and climbing, and I'm watching that on the aircon unit, which I don't have turned on for better sound quality for you guys. So you're fucking welcome art is suffering i might just have to go fucking absolutely bollock naked later on and also the point being that i'm also watching for a few dollars more which i just found all of is on youtube so i've got the sound turned off so i've no idea if it's in english or whatever but this is absolutely my well probably my favorite moment in a western ever but now that i've seen the good the bad and the ugly i'm kind of conflicted because it was dope as hell obviously but and for a few dollars more here, when we first meet Clint Eastwood, he walks into the bad guy's saloon without saying a word, throws his poncho over his shoulder, walks up to where the bad guys are all playing poker, fucking ignores all of the bad guy's cronies, deals himself out of hand against the other guy. Now they're just throwing the cards down and it's all happening slow as fuck. Everything's slow, quiet, nobody says a word. There we go, he's just laid down his cards, he's got the winning hand, and then the bad guy goes, didn't catch the bet, and Clint just goes, your life, and shoots him stone fucking dead. Get the fuck out of here, pal. Oh no, he fucking knifes him, oh my god, that's brutal as fuck. 
There we go. Either way, the boy's knocked out now. Wow, I thought he shot him dead. Well, whatever. Now they're just tussling like fuck. He's karate chopping him like that is gangster ass. For a few dollars more is fucking brilliant. If you've never seen it, if you're a fan of modern action cinema, just go back and watch it because a whole lot of stuff started in this one. Like the Lee Van Cleef character, the ticking fucking pocket watch, everything about it is just fucking iconic. Look at this. He's killing three fucking owl hoots. Get the fuck out of this saloon, you fucking rotten heads. Anyway, hopefully we won't get too sucked in for a few dollars more. It does get a bit wanky in the middle anyway, so we've got all that to do. But uh, uh, hopefully I'll be finished here before the fucking final shootout. And actually, just to let you in on what I'm up to in my life, if I get time tonight after the pod, I'm going to knock out the next two Rick and Mortys because I'm a couple of weeks behind on that. And uh, just to remind you, if you've forgotten about it being out there, it's out there. It's been so good this season. That one about Morty fucking the machine that wanks off horses... And his semen got mixed up with theirs. Oh my fucking god. Like absolutely wild. The one where there's like the deadites. The. I don't know what you. The fucking. The hellraisers. The cenobites. Is that it? That were loving Jerry. Because his. He makes everyone so miserable. That these guys feed up. Oh my god. It was just genius. It's. Genius as ever. What a fucking show. Now, so here's the question I've been asking myself, Punkadella Files. Do I actually live my fucking dream, okay? Because, like, I was just unemployed there for a long time without a lot of options of what to do. So I was always just happy to do anything. But now I'm just back to trying to reframe myself into the mindset of, oh, wait, yeah, I'm in one of the world's biggest open-air adult playgrounds with a fucking credit card. So let's get this fucking party back started. So specifically what I say... What I mean when I say, dare I live my dream, is like, you know, it, it might sound stupid, but it's just like, this would be ideal for me, and I would love this, and I just don't see, like, the only thing stopping me from making it happen, I guess, is, there, there are societal concerns, but essentially what I want is to go to the cinema with cold pizza in a lunchbox as my snack. I want to have cans of a nice craft beer whatever that is now in cinemas here sometimes you can get that that's not unheard of but i want like a particular brand in question so if i have to smuggle it like if this has to be a smuggling operation this has to be a smuggling operation so i'm sort of th- i'm sort of thinking this might be good for watching uh, either james gunn's suicide squad or the green knight coming up soon hear my reviews of their trailers later on in the show stick around punkadella files keep it here on punkadelic fm with me your host dj double d but uh yes so like imagine that like going to see a fucking movie maybe in vip maybe not in vip bringing a disposable vape pen so you've got a gram of hash oil to fucking vape and that's what i'll be doing here tonight throughout this podcast believe me that's a good time so yeah, that's basically, I just want to be like the typical, I want to be like a festival set up, so sitting in a chair with beer in one hand, joint in the other, or disposable vape in this instance, and I want to have access to cold pizza, and I have a particular brand in mind from over here, but beggars can't be choosers, I guess, when it comes to that stage, but like, dare I live this dream out, like, should I do this? Or is this absolutely mental, should I just be like, look, fuck that idea, just get chocolate? I don't know. I tell you what, though, if I do do it, I'm going to come back on here and I'm going to let you all know. 
Hey, my phone's making noise. What the fuck? Nobody asked you to make noise, bro. So anyway, where is our fucking vape? Let's get at this because this this idea of dare I live my own fucking dream, right? And that's that's a garden variety dream. Like that's not like we're not talking about the really really big stuff here. Like you know, my girlfriend gets into a horrible accident and Heidi Klum hears about it and wants to marry me. Like none of that shit. Like this is just like what can we get fucking done with a credit card with five hundred dollar limit here? A credit card that's got no limit is what Nickelback had. That's not what I had. And a big black jet with a bedroom in it. Isn't that the lyric? Anyway, I'm pretty good at quoting rock star lyrics. Alright, but then, in that spirit, what are some of the larger scale dreams that I want to try and make happen? Whether around Vancouver, whether possible, or whether more lofty ambitions, I just didn't let myself... I wasn't. Let, I just let my imagination run wild, and I run, ran this list out the other day, full of caffeine, and I've just been adding it, add, adding to it as things have been coming to me. So, without any further ado, here are the following, which are dreams, dreams of mine. So, to go and do a lazy river around here. So it's kind of a big operation. We need two people, possibly three, three people. All driving, all car loads. So that's three designated drivers. But what we have over here in in the Vancouver area, specifically more towards the Coquitlam and Chilliwack areas, but within you know very much within an hour drive, ninety minutes drive of the city, uh, lazy rivers. So what I'm saying is, here's the scene. Right, it's a beautiful fucking morning in Vancouver. We get up. We have our say it's three car loads then. 12-man mission, okay, also including dogs, all right, so we're going to have some pouches coming on this, hopefully, uh, no cats, who the fuck, like, I don't even know why that idea occurred to me, like, obviously nobody would want to do that, so it wouldn't even be an issue, so we don't even need to talk about it, but pouches, definitely, we get there, have all our shit, we've got all the fucking weed and booze and uh, mushroom microdoses or whatever we're working on that day we've got it all we're ready we've got everything that needs to be kept in waterproof cases like weed and such in waterproof like we're ready okay we're 30 now like we don't have any excuses like there's no just showing up and hoping everything's okay anymore we've got to put the fucking forward plan in to make these things happen then we get one of these giant floaties like i mean these things are like 12 foot across and then like three foot high with like multiple sections it would simply have to be blown up with an electric pump like nobody's getting down and emptying their lungs into this like no way absolutely not and then we all jump in this get in the fucking lazy river which takes us down at a leisurely pace to you know two three miles down river where we also have somebody who's stationed with a car who goes back and forth. Now, as you can tell, I don't have all the X's and O's of it worked out. I've only ever read about it. I don't know anybody that's ever actually pulled it off. But I think that is the sort of day that would be worth putting the fucking effort into. Right? Right or wrong? Come on. Imagine that speaker in the middle pumping out Nickelback songs. Just fucking cruising down a river. Dogs going fucking ape shit. Everyone just in there, sitting down, having a great time. Probably get stuck, having to paddle out and all. Just wild. I, I think that'd be a fucking 10 out of 10 there. I think that'd be one you'd fucking remember for a bit. 
Uh, so I'd also like to go to a film festival at the New Beverly Theatre, which is the one owned by Tarantino himself down in LA. And like that I would consider to also be achievable as well. I mean, that's a short enough flight or a two-day drive from here, realistically. Um, so not un- insurmountable, and especially not as my woman's been making a lot of noise about going to Harry Potter World, whatever the fuck that is, for her 30th birthday next year. But I'm like, listen... I don't know what you're talking about. But is it near Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Because then we might be able to talk turkey. Get Big D on deck on the Millennium Falcon. And then you can basically have whatever you want. Right? Come on. This is simple. Like This is like, I shouldn't have to tell you this. Um, Alright, so I want to go also... Oh, hold on. What was I going to say there? Oh, yeah. So, and also, like, whatever type of film festival Tarantino had on, you know me, I'd be happy enough. Just be like, undoubtedly think it was genius, no matter what. Uh, I would like to go and see a shred guitarist backed by a live orchestra. So, I'm thinking Steve Vai or Satriani or maybe not Malmsteen. That might be fucking boring as, but, like, Gilbert or um, Nuno Betancourt or... Uh, I don't know, Tremonti, I guess. That could be interesting. Um, we'll love to see all, I'd love to have seen the Alter Bridge with an orchestra show, but uh, I say that, obviously it would have been amazing life, but I'm just not sure I've ever properly sat and listened to that fucking record, though. I should do that. That'd be a good one. Um, I would love to see a Christopher Nolan film scored live, but I don't know how possible that would be, because I'm sure that there are multiple, multiple layers of fucking pumping synthetic electronic instruments there so don't know exactly how possible that would be some sort of arrangement for live would be possible i am sure and then like so just if it ever happens let me know i want to go i want fucking in i also would have liked to have gone to this is not on the list i'm going off book here for a second i would have really liked to have gone to movies at the morgue here in vancouver which was movies in an actual fucking morgue and the thing was one of them. I was fucking having kittens to go, but tickets were like fucking gold dust. So it was a fucking no go. That would have been fucking sick. Like a lot of this is just like seeing movies in fucked up locations. I got a buddy online now who has fucking went to see the first two Scream movies back to back at an outdoor cinema in a cemetery. A cemetery in LA. Her words, not mine. A graveyard for everyone from Northern Ireland, right? The boneyard. Uh, let's see, back on book here. But yeah, like, imagine a Chris Nolan film scored live, like, one of those Hans Zimmer soundtracks just being performed in front of you, like, Inception, I'm thinking, right? Inception would be the obvious choice for music. I mean, obviously, obviously, Batman, like. But also Inception. And then Interstellar, like, that soundtrack is absolutely no fucking slouch. So I think that's awesome. I've only ever seen Empire Strikes Back scored live and it just, like with every time I've ever even heard of it, like when it was the Lord of the Rings trilogy back home, I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to see that. So I'd just love to see more of those. Hopefully I can get to see more of those here at the Orpheum Theatre. So uh, don't think that's insurmountable, but like that's a tough one. Like and Hans Zimmer's fucking busy. So, you know, but like, his estate would be kind of idiots after he passes. God forgive me for saying this, but like, for not doing something like that then. I mean, I'm sure they'll stage the music live. But some of those soundtracks, like, deserve to be fucking heard in full. 
and also once you go and see a movie in that format it's like a kind of an assembly cut so there's like little extra like you see characters exiting scenes where previously it would just like straight cut uh just because the music has to play out in a certain way you know so there's like swells or whatever that are still fading out and so it's just like an interesting real interesting experience as a moviegoer anyway whatever i'm a nerd about it shut the fuck up uh coming on through this list let me see so yeah sticking with this theme about fucking musical things uh i'd love i would love for ludwig Göransson, who wrote the music for the mandalorian and also did the music for tenet this all ties together people and pretty simple man uh so i'd love to see him score a Zack snyder movie and then i would love to see jxl who did the soundtrack for the snyder cut i would love to see jxl write the music for or perform that like, score a star wars project and there's enough of those upcoming that i feel like some composers should get a go at putting their own stamp on it and i think somebody modern somebody that's so diverse i think that would be absolutely out of control like if jxl fucking scoring uh, like the book of boba fett come on like had fucking screeching guitars in there and stuff like come on like the possibilities are endless like it doesn't have like we don't need to be locked into the john williams vision of star wars okay the movies do the skywalker saga definitely did but like don't you think that the music in like rebels is cool with a Mandalorian, and then, like, yeah, I'm just a big fan of when it sort of diverts from the John Williams also, like, not saying I'm not a fan of the John Williams stuff, obviously, come on, keep up the fuck, but you get what I'm saying, there's possibilities moving forward with Star Wars to try different things, and I think that that is a fucking epic move, uh, I want to write a graphic novel, and, uh, if not have it published, have it made up, so like I'll come up with the story and then but like obviously in this day and age in the in the world of your your Reddits and fucking whatever else, like you're telling me I can't find a talented comic book artist to pay five grand. Like I'm not saying it's gonna be cheap either, like to fucking illustrate it for me, even just for my own amusement. But if like I write like the world's fucking greatest Aquaman fan fiction, which I'm perfectly capable of, thank you very much, okay? I just have to fucking sit my horse down and do it. Uh then to have that knocked up that'd be fucking awesome imagine doing that like so anybody has any ideas must collaborate on that one fucking holler at me let's go five grand is the number i have <laughs> currently pulled out of my arts so let's see um oh i want to eat in lennox hasty's restaurant if you don't know who lennox hasty is he is the star of one of the episodes of chef's table barbecue on netflix and he just like his episode fascinates me so much it's just like uh, it, it was one of, i think i might have just watched it twice back to back the first time i saw it it was just one of those things where i was like christ the night that is next level it was like when i first saw fucking hessen blumenthal it was just like what food can be made like this are you fucking kidding me and yeah wild if you haven't seen that whole series chef's table barbecue like regular chef's table can be very up its own arse very pretentious i'm not going to recommend you that but the barbecue season was out of fucking control. Get it watched. They're all absolute legends. The Mayan lady, the old lady from Texas, and Rodney Rodney Scott. Rodney Pitmaster Rodney Scott, who's now on Instagram, who now ships his barbecue sauce internationally. Might have to get a little bottle of that. Uh okay, let's see. Oh yeah, but Lennox Hasty's restaurant would just be crazy. Everything is cooked with fire. 
there's not allowed to be electric or gas in this man's kitchen um it just cooks everything with fire even his salads is like grilled lettuce and shit in it and is served on like a bed of embers and just the things he does are so wild he adds a wax seal to his beef so he can age it for like three times longer than usual without like putrefying like wow the man just does crazy things he fucking cooks whole pigs he couldn't open a restaurant by himself in australia for five years because he couldn't find a building that had the architecture that was like structurally sound enough to handle the insane volume of heat that he was going to be dishing out i think he has like one big central fire and then just carries off the coals the different little units and things around the place burners and whatnot absolutely outrageous like artistry i think is a fair term to apply to that like like to say anything that's probably an insult to the man but yeah check out his work to eat at his restaurant would be it would surely be an experience like i can't see how it wouldn't be um oh yeah so if i was going to get a tattoo sleeve i would want it to be done by black veil tattoo in salem massachusetts two weird looking goth identical twins who just like just like very gothic all goats and pentagrams and grim reapers and fucking crescent moons and upside down crosses like just absolutely sick work loads and loads of black but then i like color also so i don't know i have virgin skin like i don't even ever i don't i've never gotten a tattoo like but i'm coming around to the idea of it got some good ideas in the bank don't know if i'll ever act on any of them but like also just not sure but definitely like if i could just have one by anybody like no questions asked i have my pick of what i wanted it'd be by those one of those two weird fucking goth weirdos or both if i could afford it yeah, both get in there. Go on, you boys. Yes. Up the fuck. Uh, if I could afford it, I would love to own Ivan Rice's original art for the panel in Aquaman Throne of Atlantis, where he stands out in front of the advancing Atlantean army in the shore of Gotham Bay, and lightning cracks behind him when he smashes his trident down on the ground and says, I am your king. And he's just like, livid he's just fucked off he's had enough sick of it all atlanteans fucking around his half brother orm trying to take over the earth earth fucked justice league running around the place trying to fucking lock up his half brother he has to fight his half brother to the death it's an atlantean thing superman tries to get in the way bothers him then has it out with a brother so it's just like that moment though that panel it's a full page in the in the comic and it's just like it's class it's the ultimate depiction of arthur curry's new 52 iteration not the fucking orange and green but like very very regal gold fucking i'm the king outfit like and it was badass at that time and the throne of atlantis is just one of my favorite comics of all time love the fuck out of it so would love to own the original art and then i don't know if this is a thing that people do but if you buy the original art so the guy who just drew the outlines could you then hire like i'm talking about if i had unlimited budget here obviously we're talking about dreams here we're not we're not holding back i would get the original inker and colorist to come along and do their parts so i had it colored in so it looks like it does in the comic but does then does that desecrate the original i don't know what the protocol is there but then if it's in my dream and I have all the money in the world and I can do whatever I want, then let's fucking go, right? 
Also, in terms of art, one thing that I would like to own is Roy Lichtenstein's Wham. I think that's cool as fuck. I think it's great that he made so much money out of just doing dots. Like, absolutely brilliant. Big fan of it. And I'm sure I could cook up some uh, Jack Kirby panels that I would like from uh, Nick Fury comics. Old Nick Furies that I read reprints of. And um, Frank Miller Daredevils. We could talk all day. I would love to own some of those. Like, I'm just assuming as well also that you can buy these and that these exist. Like, I'm taking that for granted, it, they might they might absolutely not. So, Or they might be sold already. I don't know. Probably that I Am Your King panel was sold straight away because it's the most badass depiction of Aquaman ever. It's just unfairly, mis- unfairly publicly maligned. Great, great comics. Oh, I want to brew my own Punkadelic Pale Ale or maybe a full-blooded IPA. I like IPAs, but I also sort of might like to be diplomatic and brew a pale ale because then, you know, that's less of a jump for people that drink like lager pilsners than a full IPA. So... The only thing that I want to do is I want to control the hops going into this brew and I want it to be hopped exclusively with citra and lemon drop. I just want to force the citrus citrus forward. Um, my favourite beer of all time is a beer over here called Twin Seals Juice Plus. It's a citra IPA, single hop, but I think using that lemon drop, which is like a newer hop on the scene, which I read about in one magazine one time, um, but it's obviously named for the qualities that it brings. So uh yeah and the what i want to do then with that is have so you know the sticker canvas that is like so i built that sticker canvas in real life that's literally just a canvas that's covered in stickers sticker bond to within an inch of its life and then took a photo of that and blurred it out so that's the background of the logo of this podcast but i would love to have the high def photo of that unblurred uh as the wraparound logo for the can or wraparound label is that the right yeah label that's why i say logo there but you get me right and then have my logo obviously on it as well and just call it punkadelic pale ale right wouldn't that be sick no fuck off then i one of my dreams is for a decent legacy sequel to starship troopers to come out one of my favorite movies of all time i think it's ripe for a a reboot or a good sequel or something maybe a retcon sequel that shit cans all of the dodgy sequels and brings us right back in at the end of but I also think, you know, 30 years in the future, elder fucking Johnny Rico, who is basically now just the teacher's part from the first one, and we bring on a squad of young bucks. Like, Hollywood, it can be written. It can be written. Hollywood, you wrote that last Predator sequel. You're telling me you can't cook up something decent with the Starship Troopers license. Come the fuck on. Anyway, sorry to get so negative there. I'm supposed to be talking about my dreams. Oh yeah, I think I literally wrote this note as a dig at myself. <laughs> to get rechargeable batteries and to take Punkadelic on the road. So uh, I do need to get my finger out of my ass about that. But uh, just because it's been so motherfucking hot in Vancouver lately. And also because now that we have the puppy running around too. Uh, it would be good if I could just throw the rechargeable batteries in this thing. And not be beholden to, you know plugging it into the wall and i could just record at the park or fucking like go and record in a bar or something just and also gets me out for a while so uh that's something we can do and then i don't know like i still can't have guests on because i still only have one mic but all i need is one mic that's a little bit of naz there for the boys 
Uh, and I would love to, in my dreams, obviously move towards having everything that I love on physical media. So what I mean there is all my favourite movies on Blu-ray, preferably with collector's editions, all with their director's commentaries and any deleted scenes. And not just with deleted scenes. I want to have, listen, Blu-ray makers, I want to have the option to watch the full movie with the extra scenes cut in where they would have went. Like, I'm not looking to sit and watch six scenes by themselves completely out of fucking context. You get me? Have Blu-rays progressed that far? I haven't held a Blu-ray in my hand since I left Ireland. But I want my Inglorious Bastards sent over. If either of my brothers hears this, get fucking on it. Uh, Where were we? And yes, and then so just to have loads and loads of sick albums hanging around on vinyl as well, I think would be cool. Just can't trust streaming services you know, to maintain quality or to have everything right or to have everything full stop, you know, like whatever's Sugar Buzz album is not on Spotify. What? That's mind-blowing, like. Whatever's Sugar Buzz is one of the staples of Brit Rock. Like, I can't explain to you how good this record is and it's not on Spotify for anybody to hear. It's barely on YouTube, for fuck's sake. It's up there with Honey Crack and The Wild Hearts and Therapy like definitive of its era big time not on spotify suck my fucking dick spotify get what if get fucking whatever's sugar buzz on you spotify that was very uh chez from peep show fuck you bush <laughs> you remember that poem he does unreal so that was the list of everything that i could think of there one day after loads of caffeine that would be my dream things to happen Obviously, no need to include because Margaret Thatcher's already dead, so that didn't need to go on. But then tonight, check it out. My buddy sends me this cocktail that's being made. Uh, I don't know where it's being made, but it exists, right? Because I'm looking at it. They've taken a picture of it. I mean, I guess you can Photoshop anything these days, but check this shit out. It's a Cuban cigar-infused cocktail. Where do you hear this recipe? Here we go. 0.5 ounces of Monte Cristo cigar infused rum, 1.5 ounces of Clement VSOP rum via agricole, no idea what that is, some sort of fancy liqueur, 0.5 ounces of ABK6 honey liqueur, an ounce of pineapple juice, an ounce of fresh lemon juice, one bar spoon of smoked pecan wood maple syrup, 0.5 bar spoons of Fisher Weiser charred pineapple bourbon sauce, a pinch of espresso brava sea salt, smoked paprika, frozen cola ice. And look, it's in a glass here that has like a cutout for a smoking cigar to be sitting in it here. It still has a cherry in it. And the, the frozen cola ice is in a ball that's sitting on top of the cocktail. I'm going to post this shit to at Punkadelic Podcast on Instagram. It is wild. I want one of those. One time, me and my friend, who is a doctor, not that that's relevant to the story, but whatever, uh, we made a whiskey infused with, we made a whiskey infused with hickory wood chips, and it was divine. And the cocktail also called for smoking the glasses and being served with a strip of candy bacon, which we did, which we did all of with a plum. It was fucking outrageous, really, really mental, and. Uh, yeah, but that Cuban cigar one now, that is interesting. I don't know shit about cigars, but I am willing to learn, daddy-o. 
Okay, so next note on a list. What is a citizen's arrest? Fucking great question. I have no idea. Like, can you just grab someone and be like, listen, you're breaking the law and I ain't gonna hang on to you until the cops come and then it's up to them to fucking deal with it? Like, that's what I assume, right? Citizen's arrest. Let's go. A citizen's arrest is an arrest made by a private citizen that is, a person who is not acting as a sworn law enforcement official. In common law jurisdictions, the practice dates back to medieval England and the English common law, in which sheriffs encouraged ordinary citizens to help apprehend lawbreakers. Okay, so it seems like it's legal in the UK. It states that a person can legally arrest anyone. You can also perform a citizen's arrest if you reasonably believe that a crime has already been committed by said individual. What the fuck can a civilian detain someone? Varies from state to state. Citizens arrest laws let a citizen detain someone if they have committed a crime. Well, well, I guess you'd want to be sure. But also that's good to know, like, you can just fucking grab someone and that's it. And it's all legal and above board. Like, in any other circumstances, kidnapping. But, like, if you tell them them, that he's got drugs on him and you call the cops on him then it's all good i'm not sure it seems like a very dodgy system it seems like it was designed to be abused almost like they say that rules were made to be broken and this feels like big time one of them that is going to be abused like has a civilian's arrest or a citizen's arrest ever like has anybody big ever gone down i wonder Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not capable of doing that research live on air, but perhaps we'll check in with that next week. I just wanted to know. I had no idea. Like, you know, you hear these terms that are fucking running around all the time, and you're like, what? You've no idea what they are. Okay, let's go. Where was I? Okay, picking. I told you this episode was going to go all over the show tonight, boys and girls. So yes, that's what's happening. We're just bouncing through these bullet points, and that's it. If you don't like it, you're too old. Something like that. Remember that expression, if it's too loud, you're too old. I used to fucking live by that expression, and now everything is, like, way too loud. Like, <sighs> death's did some hearing damage. Ay, ay, ay. Death metal shows will fucking do that to you. Alright, so, going back to some shit we've been talking about recently, what are good movie marathons? So, here's one I'm thinking of doing very soon. The first Matrix... And then all of the Animatrix shorts. I don't know if you ever saw those that came out sort of shortly after the first Matrix. It's like a whole bunch of animators were just told to have at the theme of people waking up from the Matrix. And they are epic. I haven't seen them in such a long time. So please don't ask me for any more details. But I just remember them being really, really cool little vignettes into the Matrix universe. And one was like where there's like this dude who's like the world's greatest Olympic runner. And he's like just breaking this world record and it's like his mind is so turned on and in tune and in sync with everything and just fucking working at its optimal that he fucking wakes up in the real world and never gets to enjoy the fucking fruits of his labor in the fucking matrix so all these fucked up dystopian black mirror love death and robot style shit the stuff we love here on punkadelic podcast so definitely definitely thinking about getting that one done myself recently or soon excuse me let me know if you think that one's good. I certainly think Matrix 1 and Animatrix is be- a better idea than Matrix 1 and then either Matrix 2 or 3. Like, they're they're both pretty substandard. But I guess 
Like, yes, if, was, if you're going to do a movie ma- marathon on acid and you've got, like, fucking 12 hours, like, have at it, I guess. But, I don't know. I'm just saying, my choice would be, first one, all the Animatrix. Turn on music. Uh, I also, I'm thinking about doing a Loki bin soon. www.disneyplus.com forward slash fake email and password seven day free trial. If Disney Plus even has one, they probably don't even have a fucking free trial for scum like me. Probably have to pay for it. But whatever, I can I can handle a month of Disney Plus. I want to, and I think Loki seems to be a show that would benefit being binged out, or maybe in two chunks if it's a six episode series, three back to back one night, three back to back the next night. I could do it. I could see it. And also the bad batch, you know. However, however, how long uh, as that as long as that takes, I'm pretty sure I could sit glued to a felony cartoon for what's it going to be 13 episodes that are maybe 45 minutes ago i'll do that nine hours of star wars easy easy fucking work son but very excited to see bad batch excited to see loki definitely more so than i have been to see falcon winter soldier or basically two young captain americas where they were pretty much obviously going to give it to the black one at the end so like bit woke i don't know heard it wasn't that great one division like i liked don't get me wrong but i sort of liked it more when we didn't know what was going on and you know whatever but loki i think with all its time traveling weirdness and the fact that i heard that they introduced kang motherfucker that's gonna be sick if they get kang right i've said it on this podcast you can go back and hear the way that the kang war ends in the comics is a fucking outrageous and it needs to be done on a big screen it is sicko mode to quote that fucking dumb tune uh what happens is the avengers find it goes on for months right it's proper uproar like kang takes over earth first lift but like he appears and tells everyone that he's gonna do it and like tells them to prepare gives them a time and a date and a place and all but his armies come from all throughout the universe, from all throughout time. So he's just like this unstoppable time warlord and just has got nothing but time and just wants to defeat the Avengers. That's it. So he lays waste to the earth and a whole bunch of shit happens, right? We'll say that much. But what it comes down to then is they successfully attack his Damocles base, which is shaped like a sword, the space base and then captain america's coming back from this like side quest dealing with the triune understanding this alien cult and so he's flying their fucking big pyramid spaceship and it rams into fucking kang's damocles sword ship and then kang's all in his fucking control chamber being like what the fuck what's this where'd that come out of and then you just see out through the viewport this giant fucking red fist and then it zooms out outside the ships and it's like Captain America's out there, projected out there by hologram, fucking 18 billion feet tall, fucking shield in hand, ready to throw down. And then Kang appears as the same holographic projection, and they just space hologram, fucking fight to the death. But Cap fucks up thing, so his ship falls out of orbit, so then the, both ships wind up fucking crashing out of orbit, and then they get all the avengers all the fucking denizens of fucking kang get up out of the rubble then all the ones that survive i guess anyway 
and then fucking firebird goes to step in and put like she's got like nuclear level firepowers like if she wanted to she could just torch kang but it's like you know in the comics that's not their mo they're not trying to kill people still sort of i mean any amount of monsters but like they have to make examples of the big dudes like kang so she's just about to fucking nuclear nova blast him and thor just puts his hands on her hands which are glowing and he's just like look don't worry about this right because Kang, as Kang struggles up to his feet then, Captain America's just like climbing up and there's just like bricks falling all off him and all. He's ready. And the two of them just throw down mano a mano like they've just been doing in space. And Cap gets the better of him, fucks him up with the shield. And then eventually he submits and it's just like... <laughs> it is a tasty run of the Avengers comics if you've never read it. It is absolutely crazy. And to think that they could be moving towards doing that. Mm -mm -mm. <sighs> Make your Thanos look like fucking child's play. Alright, moving on. Tip top doco recommendation for you. Now it's on Netflix over here in Canada. It's called Fantastic Fungi. It's the documentary about mushrooms and... Uh, all of their wonderful properties. Whether magic or otherwise. And like... Be ready to have your mind blown. Like, Paul Stamets, the fucking world's leading mycologist. Who's an amateur scientist. Like, who is not university trained. But has got all of these patents in, like, crazy microbiology things that he is using to, like, bolster populations of bees. To eradicate ant problems on farms. Like, just to cure breast cancer. It is mental you've got to see it whether you fucking like mushrooms in any capacity or not it's stunning the cinematography etc all of the imagery in it is absolutely technicolor and wild it is a good time and you've got to see it more so than that paul stamets the world's leading mushroom expert was also and i've said this before and i'll say it again hands down the greatest episode of joe rogan experience of all time so if you haven't heard that and i mean his first appearance not the second appearance the first appearance when it was all fresh and it was just like what it was bonkers his theories get so sci-fi like we're talking about the multiverse we started talking about mushrooms but we ended talking about the multiverse so you gotta get on that. That's a head fucking trip. So, not to bum everybody out, but I was really, really bummed out myself to hear that Dusty Hill from ZZ Top died. Like, only 72. Realistically, could have been more years in there. And, you know, they weren't releasing new music or anything. But I saw them as recently as 2017. And they were fan fucking tastic that's a ticket i have never regretted buying what a fucking great night three men walked out onto a stage with their instruments no fucking fire no co2 cannons not even so much as a fucking video screen up behind them just walked out and rocked the place to its very core i had such a good night at it it was crazy i loved it so much their music is so tight and just like it's so fun as well and when, and when you get to the 80s albums it's like less fucking straight face blues music we've got the the synth sounds and the sequencers and the drum machines everything going on and but it's still obviously like you don't want to use words like simple but like 
minimalist at times you know like a lot like lagrange is just the three of them rocking out and like that's one of the that's one of the greatest just guitar jams of all time <sighs> and dusty hill holding it all down you know just just sad what a great fucking band you sort of just think cc top are just sort of part of the woodwork at this stage you know they've been around forever their best work is all definitely a little bit behind them but they never stopped touring like never not once so just i don't know mixed up about it sad to see them go for sure heard that they're not going to stop touring so do encourage you like while there's still two-thirds of them around get to see that band also a great doco about them out there it's on netflix as well and there is some interesting stuff about not necessarily them but the band bef- the sort of before ZZ Top that Billy Gibbons was in the 13th floor elevators and the Austin psych scene in the in the 60s that's in the Austin episode episode 5 of Dave Grohl's Sonic Highways series so check that out those are some great recommendations or some of the better recommendations I've given on this show uh so while we're bummed out over here also paying some respects more respects because we did mention last week up uh, to joey jordison late slipknot drummer and just you know sad details coming out that it was just that disease that killed him the disease that got him put out of slipknot degenerative muscle disease you know i don't know the full details but just sounded horrible and rough and like what a legacy the man leaves behind i'm so excited now all it's all come out i mean i'm sure i'd heard about it before but uh, there are bootlegs out there of the time that he sat in for Lars Ulrich on a Metallica set at Download 2004. So I'm just like, yes, get me that bootleg. And it just got me thinking as well about what other good bootlegs must there be out there. I mean, there must be some good live recordings of classic Leonard Skinnerd. Like, the one that I think we all want. Like, what is the story with the Led Zeppelin Black Sabbath jam? Like, they were definitely friends, they definitely all, like, there's, I don't know, like, I feel like I've read in some places that they hung out and they jammed, and it was recorded, and the tapes are somewhere, but then I feel like other times I've heard that it's not true, so I just think it's one of those legends, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, who knows, Ozzy and John Bonham were big drinking buddies, so, like, I mean, they definitely moved in some of the same circles, I am positive, um, circles that sold coke, probably, uh, but you know that would be a good one to have um let's think what are other good fucking gigs that we never got to see old nirvana live stuff like i mean there's there is actually plenty of that out there if you're looking for that um what else would be good Hmm. not sure answers on a postcard if you can think of any other legendary bootlegs that i could try and get my hands on i wonder like on that guns and roses metallica tour when like there were riots and all over was there ever any crossover between the bands even on the first night did hetfield sing a song with one or slash jump out with the other or you know how at the end of tours you always hear about how like bands be pranking each other and jumping out on stage with each other like i'm just wondering what cool jams there have been over the years and cover versions and stuff that we're missing out on okay so let me let you in on two samurai shows i've been watching also so you know I was going Gaga for Kill Bill recently. So I was checking out a whole bunch of fucking samurai related content. Um, have I watched any more kung fu movies? Oh yeah, I watched the 36th Chamber of Shaolin trilogy. So 
36th chamber of Shaolin returned to the 36th chamber, which confusingly the character is completely different in. It's just like loosely related. But then in the third one, it goes back to the character that was in the first movie. And the third one's called Disciples of Shaolin. So it's fun to see those. They're like comedies. They were fucking a laugh. I was honestly just having those on kind of in the background of doing real things. They're not like, you know, I'm not sure that I'd be looking to go and pay to see those in a cinema now. But certainly enjoyable and good to always try and keep cracking into the mindset of Tarantino and see this shit that he saw. Chasing down this kick for samurais and swordplay, I've been watching a docudrama called Age of Samurai. Now, I hate this format. I think either just be a drama or be a documentary, be a more effective documentary, but whatever. I guess it is kind of moody, and uh, I'm just fascinated by the tale of Oda Nobunaga, who was one of the big fucking warlords in feudal Japan. Came from a really, really small part and had a really small army, but like got a couple of guns early on, and that was a game changer, and he was a violent fucking drunk, and uh, when they eventually came for him and he was at the top of his tower just alone in a room with a mirror just staring into it and like possibly had been for days just completely insane completely toppled by this mountain clan I believe like took on these giant armies way bigger than him but got fucking rumbled by a bunch of fucking hillbillies so uh, I need to obviously watch some of this again and get the finer details down but that is a definitely an interesting one. And I was also taking a look at Yasuke, which is the Netflix anime version of the book African Samurai. So Yasuke was a real samurai that lived that was really from Africa. I'm not really sure if we know how he wound up in Japan. I think the, the book is really, really long. So I never read it and I never really got past chapter one of the audiobook. But like for real, a dude from Africa went to Japan and became a samurai and was like Nobunaga's bodyguard. So I'm also kind of obsessed with Yasuke and learning about him. I keep meaning to revisit the book. It's just so big and I'm reading so many other things right now. And But I think I can handle a little anime season. But also, when I get halfway through the first episode, I remember that, as always, I hate anime. And it's never a good experience watching it. But I think I'm going to persevere with that one. Not sure. We'll keep you posted. All right, Punkadelophiles. Where the fuck were we? Let's get back into it here. So... Uh, you might have heard me mention earlier on as well that yes indeed I do have a new dog here but the story of going to get it wound up being fucking epic so let me try and put you in the picture here so our current dog is called Teddy and his sister was bred so we were going to pick up one of his nephews we had to drive for fucking eight hours in one direction to go get him possibly nine hours just come totally east of here to a place called Nelson but check it out over here right now there are biblical fucking forest fires and the further east you go the closer you get to them so we are going right into the heart of fucking wildfire territory and it's in the middle of a fucking heat wave so neither of those things really help each other so it was always going to be it was always had the potential to be an absolute fucking slog like just a fucking moving argument like why the fuck do we do this this was a terrible idea could we not have done some some other way or worked this shit out like but anyway i was just like listen i'm gonna take absolutely no chances so i went to the fucking blue door dispensary east Hastings street vancouver one of the finest institutions on god's green earth and like i just went mental punkadelophiles like i was strapping into that car the next day with an ounce of flour a hash oil dab pen 
7 grams of keef, 250ml edibles, 1 peach, 1 watermelon. Daddy doesn't fuck around. At least 5 big craft beers and the flask for hiding drinking it because of open container laws over here. And what else? Oh yeah, Golden Teacher Mushroom Microdoses. Dude, could not have wound up having a better time. The mushroom microdose just left it that like on the first day there was simply no putting me in a bad mood and then knowing the whole time that although we are driving through this smoke-filled valley of fucking death, at the end of it all there is a fucking pig pen essentially with five of the most beautiful fucking puppies on God's green earth just running absolutely fucking free. And their mum, who's our dog's sister, is there. And their mum is also hanging out there. So it's going to be a total family reunion. It's just, it's going off, right? So we get there, get to our fucking campsite, which couldn't have been fucking cooler. It was redneck as fuck. Like, the towns that we're all driving through, by the time we got to Grey Creek, which is where we were going, um, if you want to Google that, Google that, um, have at it, uh, like, it was redneck as fuck. It was like a fucking trailer park. But, like, half of them were semi-permanent setups that had, like, flower beds and gardens and all this shit. It was, like, some wildly elaborate setups. And it was just seemed fucking class. But, again, it was in the middle of a fucking heat wave and it was oppressive. And the smoke and, like, the sun was just hanging real low and real bright red in the sky the entire time we were doing this. It was, like, like if it was Lord of the Rings, somebody would have definitely made a speech about how it was a bad omen. But... Not really, I just think it was fucking, because I was getting a new fur son, you know what I'm saying? But mercifully, the point being that about our cool campsite, literally cool, was that there was a creek right there where it was fucking 10 degrees colder than anywhere else that we'd been within the last fucking 12 hours. So absolutely perfect. Go get the dog, get let loose into the fucking pen with the five puppies, the two uh the next generation up and the mum well the mum never comes in but she's running about and she's pregnant as fuck right now as well and uh, just about to pop but then you can tell that she's our dog's ma because she's just still chasing down balls with like with reckless abandon with like no regard for her health like the owner there the breeder is just like yeah i just like be throwing this ball as far into the fucking rough as i can like just to get her to fuck off like for five minutes and i'm just like oh i know exactly how you're feeling mate so, whatever, maybe you guys didn't fucking come on here to hear me talking about going on a fucking Wild West adventure to go and rescue a dog from a fucking smoke-filled fucking hellhole. But what you might think cool is then, so we hung out with, uh, so the puppy's name in the litter was Diego. So we got the fluffiest one of the whole bunch. And we were lucky because we were never supposed to get one of this litter. Only then that other dog got pregnant, Teddy's mum. Um, and the breeder decided he would rather keep one of those puppies then we got to go on the list but like it was teetering out for ages and then somebody was a maybe and then that was drawn out for ages and then finally it was like right you guys are on but your last pick so you don't get to pick and we both privately agreed that the one that we wound up getting was the most handsome by far so we never allowed ourselves to hope that we would get him and of course it just turned out that I don't know maybe everybody else just wanted a short haired dog, I don't know, but we got the fluffiest little fucking it's just he's unreal. So now we have Bill and Ted and they're always gonna be going on excellent adventures, not bogus journeys, and I hope that we can bring them back to their fucking 
to their little pig pen home in the Kootenays where like there is uh so it's, as I say it's redneck as fuck so there's just like a pipe running through the running through the grounds and it has uh it's just there's just a little pit there and sometimes it just spurts water out of this pipe and fills up the pit with water so like half the videos that we were getting from the breeder before we went to pick them up uh like they would just be hanging out in this mud pit getting all dirty rolling around being fucking typical dogs so uh it's just a fucking unbelievable setup on the sunday morning then we're picking the dog up and we're about to go and then i was like listen you know fucking thank you so much for getting the dog tricked out and all i brought all this fucking i brought all this fucking drugs for this journey like but wound up not needing to really be unconscious for a whole lot of it like so like do you like you probably don't get to a dispensary too much like i said that out loud right and he was like well no i don't really but you see that's because this is a weed farm and i'm like huh and he's like yeah yeah i've got a medical license and uh if you want i'll take you down and show you the patch or i'll show you the grow up here i'm like does dolly parton sleep on her back fucking yes let's go so shows me his indoor operation where it's like drying racks and all and just buds hanging out of everywhere bags with pounds in it just fucking being picked up off the floor gave me two buds and it must must be more than eight and it's crazy so it's he's only allowed to grow for medical so he's not allowed to use any kind of pesticides or any kind of fungicides or any kind of any sides whatsoever. It is the most organic, purest fucking shit just grown in a place that just never stops getting fucking sunshine. And you want to see how many different, how many plants he had for a start down in this little glade that he cleared in the forest. Like, like it's real boonies where he lives. So like there's going to be no hassles here. Like. The hassle might be that a fucking mountain goat will come along and eat it and just be absolutely fucking wiped out. That would be the most dangerous thing going on. But, uh, yeah, so he was like, look, it pisses on any dispensary stuff. Like, I'm anti-dispensary. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, like, I still, I go to the scuzziest dispensary in town because, like, you know, a lot of the fucking delivery sites or whatever do have stuff that's just, like the price is absolutely right but it's just not up to snuff but his stuff like you don't even need one of those little scopes or anything and it's just the wildest most glorious color and you can see the fucking trichomes hanging off it with the naked eye from a million miles away it's just like it's covered in them it's just so frosty and you're it it's straight up it fucks you up son so we got to, we had to take a ferry home then, so we're going home with fucking three dogs in the car. We've got Bill and Ted, Ted our old dog, Bill a new puppy, and we're also bringing back Philip from the litter so that he can go to his new family on Main Street in Vancouver. So we had a 40 minute wait. So I walked down onto this, I'm walking down, I'm going to go towards a picnic bench, like which is just beside the fucking water, like where the ferry goes. And uh, I don't know if it was the lake, an inlet or whatever, I'm sorry, where the ferry goes. Alright, like keep up. And so I was just heading down to like a picnic bench and I could see families hanging about and all. I'm clutching onto my weed box, which like, as you heard, is like full to the fucking brim of illicit narcotics. Like, I mean, it's fucking packed out in there. Five blunt wraps in there as well. Like I spared no expense. I was went fucking John Hammond on the situation. I was just like, I can't take any chances with my mental health this weekend. Like I need to be able to be absolutely messed up at all times. 
And shout out to Phillips Brewing, Victoria, fucking British, Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Phillips Brewing's Dino Sour, Blackberry Sour Ale has to be one of my 10 favourite beers of all time. Like, it is mental. And it seems like every time they bring it back out, it just gets nicer and nicer. They just seem to be perfecting it. And the most recent can I had was bonkers. That was down by the creek uh, in our campsite late on the Saturday night. Listening to Legion of Skanks, smoking a fucking massive joint with a bunch of keef in it just chomping on a bag of fucking uh what are they called those crazy sweets they have over here sour patch kids tropical if anybody can get those imported back home do it or maybe they have them back home already i don't know it's a pretty fucking good time uh and then so i was heading towards this picnic bench thing on the way home sorry the stories within the stories are creeping up I knew I shouldn't have hit that vapor right before this fucking thing because it was also just outside smoking a fucking analog joint as well. So, oh, we're never going to get through all the shit we have to do tonight. Like, anyway, long story very short, I'm heading towards a picnic bench on the way home. I love how whenever I say it, long story short, like, the only thing that you can assume is that there will be no short stories told. That's just that. Whatever, let's just roll with this. I am nearly finished, if it helps anybody. So I'm cruising towards the bench, and I'm like, well, this is going to stink. There's families around and whatnot. I've got a box full of fucking gear here, full of fucking moody gear. And so I'm cruising, I'm cruising, and then I start to see off to the right, there's a bit of a beach. I'm like, all right, hello, hello, matron, let's go. Cruise on over. Like, there is one of the most beautiful fucking pebble beaches I have ever seen. All these fucking perfectly round river stones just fucking washed up and just glorious and loads and loads of driftwood logs positioned perfectly whether by design or by the tide who knows but just ready for fucking sitting so sat down put on the once upon a time in hollywood soundtrack got a fucking joint roll of this medicinal organic no herbicide no fungicide no spider side no like nothing not even fucking nothing not two sides of vinyl and a double lp nothing so Get that rolled, spark it up as Hush by Deep Purple comes on and I am absolutely fucking blazed up in a way that I haven't been all weekend. And I like I described to you what I brought with me, right? It wasn't for lack of fucking trying. So it was one of those ones where I was just like, it's like what I, like what I refer to in my head now is just passing the point of no return. Like when you're smoking and it's like, you know, you could be having a, like there's a big, big difference between and, it, and maybe it's just over here with some of the real heavy indicas, I don't know, but there's a difference between some of the levels and there's a level between having a couple of cheeky tokes and being able to do stuff and like still being able to motor about and acquit yourself as a human being. And then there's like, you know, paranoia can be coming on me in waves here. I'm going to be giggling a lot. Like there's not like, you know, and I'm going to have to eat a lot of things. And I could just feel that on setting and I'm just hustling back to the car and then I'm just in there sweating the fucking dogs all up on me, licking me. Deep purple still fucking blurring, playing hush. What a fucking tune. Is that what, how we get introduced to Sharon Tate in the movie? Absolutely fucking epic. But just to say, the underlying all of that was just to say, like, I know there was a lot of prologue there, but like a lot of talk about dogs and shit but that was just one of life's good ass joints that's one of those sit down and shut you up and 
like in that like in that moment like i have never heard a song like deep purple's hush you know what i mean you know when the fucking when it takes hold of your ears like that just absolutely top notch so just if you get the chance to make a fucking memory like that for yourself anytime soon i say fucking reach out with both hands and take it because that's a fucking belter how long did it take me to tell you that story 18 minutes this has been going for oh but i'm gonna have to cut out all that shit at the start where i had to run outside and fucking do everything because i started recording way before i was ready to start talking have to trick yourself sometimes just get fucking stuck in before the anxiety can really take hold that's the best fucking way all right here we go yeah i am there's so much stuff to go through here so much fucking stuff like there's basically there's the makings of next week's podcast if i just stop now no do you know what fuck it i'm i'm not like sharon daly didn't raise a fucking quitter well i mean not if you ask queen's university belfast but i mean anybody that fucking matters uh so yeah i seen a meme the other day here's one i have to think about but i'm the wrong type of stone to really ponder this right now uh so if you had bill and ted's time machine so yeah so that whole story was also just prologue for this uh now that i have dogs called bill and ted and yes it is a reference to the movie the movies excuse me the excellent trilogy of movies that appear to be just simple stoner comedies on one level but also have a lot of time travel madness going on so fantastic for marathoning on psychedelic drugs can't recommend it enough and uh so the point was i saw a meme the other day and it was like if you had their time machine and like basically if you were in the plot of the first bill and ted movie what five historical figures would you go and grab to get you an a in history so i'm thinking number one osama bin laden like that's modern history wrapped up absolutely no doubt about it let's just go in and like you know post 9-11 so we can pick his brains about it but realize you know that we do still need a time machine to go back to like 2006 so don't get too precious about that one princess uh, vlad the impaler would be a really good one that's really goth like isn't he who uh dracula and all vampire legends are based on in some way there's something funny going on there certainly uh he's the inspiration for fucking well he's been, he was up to no good basically that can't uh historical figures let's think as well all right so this is going to be a roundabout way of explaining who this person is but like whatever in the game of thrones history book or woven into the background of the game of thrones books i'm not quite sure i read about this one where i read about this one but there is a targaryen king called magor the cruel who actually built the red keep and basically just got all these different dudes to put like passageways and moving staircases and secret doors and all types of fucking traps and booby traps and madness and stuff for shenanigans and whatnot and then invited them all in a party at it to fucking celebrate and just killed them all just everyone stone dead he's the only one that knew, ever knew all the secrets of the red keep if anyone ever truly did so my point being that whoever historically that is based on or if that's an amalgamation of a couple of guys let's get that I mean, let's bring him to the party for sure. Maybe Paddy Rankin, young man from a hometown of Newry who cycled from Newry to Dublin to take part in the 1916 Glorious Easter Rising with uh, bullets that I believe he stole from the American war effort, World War One effort. So fucking top man would love to find out where stomping grounds were in Newry and what all the story was there with getting involved in that. 
and then uh, let's see another historical figure uh maybe uh, that dude uh going with an irish history theme here maybe that guy captain nyrek just to ask him what the fuck he was thinking like get mixed up in all that craziness that was a stupid one there's a good one for you to go on a to go on a rabbit hole google search of if you don't know what we're talking about so there you go you can contemplate that question in your own time and if you have any ideas let me know i don't know who else i would like to talk to from history right now that's a fucking that took a lot of effort to get that far so so we're moving on that's that so also just want to take time very quickly to once again thank everybody for listening i do appreciate it to see the numbers are going up a little bit faster than they were for a while there still do you want to see the dip in the graph someday when i get over it properly i'll post the picture it's like bottomed out for like a couple of weeks it was bad but anyway it seems to be back up and going in the right direction now so thanks everybody for listening it is fucking always cool to see that number going up and so as a thank you i'm just going to give you my top tip for fucking podcast this week the tim Dillon show the most recent episode called we're back is one of his best in fucking ages there are like three all-timer rants in it like the first one is about simone biles which is genius and his take on it is gold and then the second is now in fairness now i don't want to i'm going to sell you short here because i can't remember what the third is but the second one is so wild we do hear this it's about a guy who is like a conspiracy nut and doesn't believe that the parkland shooting in florida actually happened the school shooting that left 17 dead despite the fact that his son survived it his son was there sending him text messages being like the shooter's I'm a hundred percent certain the shooters enter in our room next, dude. It's crazy. You gotta see it. He reads out the whole Reddit post on Tim Dillon and gives Tim Dillon's inimitable take on it. And then, as I say, I can't remember what his third rant is, but he's off about something else towards the end. And then some poor fucking restaurant phones him back, and he just tortures the girl live on her about nothing in particular. Oh, he's a fucking scream. See, also here, the South Park creators were trying to buy the real restaurant, Casa Bonita, but it looks like they're going to be unable to. This is a story I want to circle back to whenever it all shakes out so we can find out what the fuck's going on. Because if Matt Parker and Trey Stone... Did I get that right? Did I say those names back to front? Fuck it, I don't know. I'm fucking stoned. Uh, like, I want to go. If they if they, <laughs> if they open Casa Bonita... Who doesn't want to go see Black Bart's cave? Like, ew, scary. <laughs> like, obviously. Was it worth it, kid? Totally. Alright, so let's just keep going here, even though it is late and hot and fucking everything else. Uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about... So you remember how a couple of weeks back I was telling you about how I had a solo Kill Bill movie marathon here in the house? Dose myself to perfection just like played an absolute blinder had the best time ever can't believe it now i've gone and looked it up there is a deluxe mega ultra cut called kill bill the whole bloody affair which has the two movies stuck together extended um extended anime sequence plus from the japanese version you get the entire uh the entire house of blue leaves sequence in color so it doesn't go black and white for a while because did you know a little bit of trivia for you that i found out am i obsessing over this fucking movie over the last while that scene goes into black and white 
so that they could get the movie passed with the censors because some of the most they needed to cut frames of violence out of the movie so it wasn't like a percentage of the overall so he played a blinder he said he submitted it like four times and each time he just took like two frames out so they were like we don't even notice a difference what have you done here and then he came along with the black and white edition but that had been sort of his idea all along but in a japanese version it was restored and there are other differences as well. I believe there's also a fight between Bill and a character played by Michael Jai White, which was cut from the movie, and that's restored into that. So that Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair, is available on the Pirate Bay, and I will let you know how it goes. I'll be getting on that as soon as possible. And I still have the first draft of the script to read, so exciting times in the world of Kill Bill nerding. So just to let you guys know, uh, I know that I've been going on about the Tarantino stuff a lot lately, but if you're a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood fan and you've seen the movie and you're wondering whether or not you should buy the book, let me tell you five key things that it does that I think make it worth getting. Now I say getting, not necessarily buying, so, you know, do you, okay, do you, do whatever. But also if you're going to buy the paperback, if you're going to buy a hard copy of it, understand that the hard copy is coming out later this year with a bounty law script included and uh i don't know other bonus shit he said so interesting wait for that one i would say if you're a fucking proper nerd uh, but five things the book does it fleshes out sharon tate going to the cinema perfectly so you get her whole entire inner monologue for that whole bit of her going to watch herself in the movie and while it does seem kind of like a distraction from the plot in the movie uh once you learn about her like on set of the wrecking crew and how she's thinking about this and the context of where she was in her career and whatnot it's very interesting so the book gives a lot more fleshing out to sharon tate than even the movie did and it sort of really helps you appreciate those scenes in the movie now that brings up an interesting point like i wouldn't recommend reading the book without seeing the movie that would be how i would play it definitely don't jump into the book without the movie or don't think that I don't know. I, I obviously I can't imagine now reading the book without having seen the movie. Like that's simply not possible. But I would recommend seeing the movie definitely, definitely first, then the book. So yeah, that's how it's meant to be done, undoubtedly. And uh, just to do it other otherwise would be would be nuts. But yes, Sharon Tate gets flashed out beautifully in the book. Um, there's just loads more about her. Who knows how much of it is true or whatnot, but he seems to have really done his homework on it, and uh, that's a great point. Now, the Lancer chapters might be some of the fucking best parts of the entire book. So, Lancer is the show within Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Rick Dalton, is starring with Jim Stacy, Timothy Oliphant. It's his new pilot for CBS, and the plotting that the effort that he's gone to. Gone to to plot this episode, like the setup for this whole series is absolutely wild. The tale of Murdoch Lancer, Caleb Decker Two, the land pirate cast, cattle rustler, and the two Murdoch sons coming back home to try to claim a third of the ranch each. It's fucking epic, and I would love to see that get. Uh, get what's the word I'm looking for? Get adapted into something, whether movie or graphic novel. Let's get going though. Within the book also, then, next point, there are just basically vast swathes of Cliff Booth mini Pulp Fiction stories within the stories, 
where he just remembers things like his time in the war, how he got the dog Brandy and how she was a champion fighting dog, how he got away with murder three times after the war, how he was involved with the in killing of two mafia men is one of those. Um, yeah, just fucking like self-contained little chapters that are just great fun and like you just you're obviously just it's inseparable from imagining brad pitt doing it all so it's fun as um towards the very end there's a conversation between rick dalton and the young girl from the lancer tv pilot the girl that plays mirabella lancer and they have a conversation on the phone going over their lines for the next day and it it's how the book closes and it wraps everything up beautifully it is it leaves you on a real sympathetic good feeling of rick and you know rick like can be kind of a piece of shit and he's a fuck up and he's miserable and like but you're rooting for him at the same time like you want him to get back on the horse and be the clint eastwood then in the tarantino verse so that's why it's got like such a satisfying note just finishing on that in the book like i recommend fucking just seeking that out if for nothing else at all that's great and then right before that there's a chapter so after they finished the filming of lancer day one uh, jim stacy cliff booth and rick dalton all go to a bar called the drinkers hall of fame and sit down to a couple of drinks and rick dalton gives the full story of him nearly or almost being cast in the great escape and it is such an epic tarantino-esque monologue in fluent tarantino ease that you just have to be absolutely devastated that it wasn't shot well i don't know if it was shot but like if it was shot like we need to fucking see that scene and we need to see it fucking now that was epic check that shit out so there you go. There's five great moments from the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novel. Sharon Tate being fleshed out perfectly. The Lancer chapters. Oh, and also uh, within the Lancer chapter, I think we learned about, or maybe within another chapter, we learned about Jim Stacy's episode of Gunsmoke that propelled him into Western superstardom so that he got his own TV show. And it's epic and intricately, intricately plotted as well. It's a really good one. So um, loads of little bits of Western pulp fiction within the wider Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book. You gotta get it. It's a fucking fantastic read. Uh, Cliff Booth, Pulp Fiction, the conversation between Dalton and Trudy on the phone and Dalton's full Great Escape monologue. There's five key moments and five key things you need to get up on if you're a major fan of the movie. All right, I want to do a little bit of nerd rage here for just a fucking second. Uh, Like, I don't think there's a better word to describe this. It's just like, fucking, my favorite fucking comic books aren't fucking being put on the cinema screen exactly how I would do it, you know? But, like, thusly we shall be continuing. So, there's that. Like, I'm just asking the question, is anybody else totally turned off by how DC is promoting this, this new Suicide Squad? Like, I'm just, like, some of the marketing around it, the graphics, like, you know, in the trailer, it's like, from the horribly beautiful mind of James Gunn. It's like, horribly beautiful. Like, that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. That's not, like, you're telling me there wasn't a snappier fucking, like, I don't know, it could have just been a James Gunn film or it could have been James Gunn's Suicide Squad and I think either of those would have been cooler. Like, James Gunn is a pretty cool fucking name. James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Like, it's not going to come much fucking cooler than that. So, um, and also how I saw an article saying that it had uh, the same or better Rotten Tomatoes rating as The Dark Knight and number one, Rotten Tomatoes fucking stinks. 
Number two, if you honestly believe that this iteration of the Suicide Squad is even like it's even possible that it could be as good as or better than the Dark Knight, then please, please, fucking please turn in your punkadelic badge and gun because you're off your fucking case. I have high hopes for that movie. I'm cautiously optimistic. The marketing though, James Gunn's incessant retweeting of these these intricately worded tweets that all seem to try and maximize the character space. Like, there's no short ones. There's never a short one. It's always like action packed, blockbuster, roller coaster ride, you know, and all these like the adjectives that would remind you of those fucking cue cards in the trailer and whatnot. So, how many of those are real? I don't know. So, I'm just saying, I really, really, really don't appreciate the fucking marketing campaign behind it. Um, but maybe that's just my marketing brain working overdrive since i'm back to work have high hopes for that film just i have strong concerns also which are rooted in the history of dc eu movies which as you know have been rocky at best although i will say this i'm excited to watch shazam i'm gonna watch shazam soon it looks like it's a good time okay got an instagram link here which i have no idea what it's about so this is going to be a surprise for myself let's see what it was Oh my god, this is ridiculous. Right. As seen on an EDM Facebook page. Well, that was a mistake. First of all, nitrous is a really safe and fun drug when used responsibly, and boofing does make a lot of drugs stronger, but there are a lot of issues that I encountered when trying to combine the two. Based on my recent experience, I do not recommend boofing whippets ever. It seems that for some reason, when trying to boof gas into your butt, it does not produce a heightened effect like putting solid drugs does. Not sure if other people trying this will have a different experience, but I do not recommend trying this at all. However, I will say that it produced a very interesting effect that I was not expecting at all. Here's my experience with it. So last night I loaded a nitrous cartridge into an empty whipped cream canister and basically lubed up the end of it. If you are going to try this, don't use the pointy whipped cream attachments, the smooth one will feel much better. Learn this the hard way. So upon inserting the nozzle into your butt, when you pull the trigger, you'll feel a really strong and violent ur-like sensation in your butt. The ur is very cold and comes out powerfully, so be careful. I basically felt inflated like a balloon, but I didn't feel like I was going to pop or anything. It felt very strange because I wasn't used to having that much air in my colon. I held the nozzle in my butt for a bit, like if I was taking in a deep breath of a whippet and holding it in. It was really hard to hold it in because the pressure from the whippet began to feel really unpleasant. So after about 15 seconds, I pulled the nozzle out. I had no idea what was about to happen. I experienced the most violent, powerful fart of my entire life. All at once, all of the gas rushed out of my butthole and it produced a very loud and long fart. It also was very low pitched compared to a normal fart. Nitrous is heavier than is a heavier molecule than air, so when you do a whip it, if you talk right afterwards, it sounds lower pitched. Apparently, it's the same effect happens right after you boof a whip it. I did not get high at all. Maybe if you try this with two whippets it could get you high, but I feel like you are risking your colon exploding or something from all the air. I'm not a doctor, but even doing the one was too much. Yes, it created a very explosive and interesting fart, but that alone does not make me want to do this again. If you're debating boofing whippets, I strongly advise against it and recommend you just inhale them normally. Oh my fucking god, we are doomed let me off this fucking planet it just simply must end somewhere somehow i have had it the simulation must be glitching that 
cannot be real. What are we doing here, folks? Okay, so last thing before we get the fuck out of here. Well, second last thing, we have one walloper to watch tonight. I'm probably not even going to put the jingle in. I'm probably going to be lazy because this is already going to be a fucking long podcast. And there's nothing tying it together. We've pinballed all over the show tonight. I've talked shit about fucking buying dogs. About fucking, what are we talking about now? Oh yeah, trailer reviews. Here we fucking go. Let's get into it. Alright, so foundation is a new apple tv show that's coming out it's a big 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 epic sci-fi fantasy based on an isaac asimov book i have no idea really what it's about from the from the trailer it seems like maybe some dude who i think might be the bad guy from tenet i can't really remember tenet that well i was fucking bombed out for that one uh who can even really remember tenet like if you saw tenet did you really see it that's the fucking question, realistically, you know. Have you seen Tanette until you've seen it backwards? No, obviously not. So, that dude, that dude whether or not he is the bad guy from Tanette, uh, seems to be experiencing his own birth. Like, he's there as an old man, but he's also watching himself as, like, some sort of giant baby being born into this big birthing tube. So, I don't know. It, as I say, it's based on an Asimov novel, actually a series of novels, so I think it might be like his ver- his Dark Tower series, you know, just like big epic, whereas like iRobot and whatnot are based off more, and uh, Blade Runner are based off his short stories. So it, imagine then the scale of that. Imagine those movies scaled up over, like there is short stories. Imagine the fucking stories he writes across a series of novels. Must be absolutely insane. So cautiously optimistic don't know shit about apple tv or what their home produced content is like but it seems like they've thrown a lot of fucking cash at this so it's theirs to fuck up don't though guys fucking please do not uh watch the second suicide squad trailer um like i think it's good and bad i think the credits are bad that whole horrible mind of james horrible beautiful mind of james gone real stupid i like the way that they're motivating is idris with the daughter sort of i mean that's kind of an obvious one but like if it was a comic book i wouldn't complain so why should i complain in a comic book movie um i don't like that king shark is stupid like sharks are hyper intelligent so could we not have characterized him that way we already seem to be characterizing john cena as a real fucking dumb arse as well so it's just like not everybody needs to be comic relief in here you know like although i don't know maybe it's just gonna be stonewall hilarious maybe i'll have to eat my words but like for me, if I'm going to watch a movie where people like can be blown up at any moment because they're part of a suicide squad, I kind of want the stakes to feel real for like a few minutes of a movie, like a few minutes total. Come on, back me up, go that far. Also, it cannot be as bad as the last one, but it might be try hard in its efforts. So whatever, cautiously optimistic is the buzzword for how I'm feeling about that. Dude, Venom 2, I never even saw Venom 1. I had it on for about a half an hour one day and I uh, wasn't really taken by it. But I will be going back to watch the fuck out of that right now. Because at the end of the day, it's Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock. So he's basically talking to himself for most of the movie. So yeah, I'm completely on board now that I think about it that way. But watching the trailer for the second one with one of the most perfect pieces of casting that I have ever seen in my fucking life. Woody Harrelson as fucking Carnage facing off with Tom Hardy's fucking Venom. Hook it to my fucking veins. Open a night. 
I'll be there with bells on. I'll be the cunt that nobody wants to sit beside because he's going ding, ding. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. Beckett looks awesome. John David Washington, Denzel's son in a big international espionage fucking thriller all over Europe. Might be like a fun, good Jason Bourne replacement. Might have an amnesia angle also, so that might be what's making me say that. Kind of a disorienting, woozy trailer, so not giving too much of the plot away. Uh, but I'm excited to see anything that dude does. He can fucking act, bro. Uh, I watched the trailer for Green Knight, and I was blown away, knocked out, and rolled over. What the fuck did I just witness there? That looks like absolute insanity, and I cannot wait to see it. I'm booked in to go see it on Sunday absolutely buzzing i must see that on a big screen i will absolutely accept no substitutes that's it um yeah check that one out for death uh the last duel now this looks like my fucking thing this looks like they've taken movie budget for uh like a short story set within the game of thrones universe obviously it's not but that's basically what it is seems like adam driver and matt damon are fighting over some girl's honor and they're fucking gonna have the last duel and fight for their honor adam driver's wrongly accused of being a nighttime toucher or something so that's just it but it's just cool it's like yes grimdark fantasy on the big screen now because we've had game of thrones and that was great but like that aesthetic needs to be taken and developed right like what other good grimdark stuff has there been yeah exactly fucking none witcher fucking stunk blue chunks bite me the witcher so finally we'll get that aesthetic up on the big screen and i am excited uh, i watched the trailer for army of thieves the prequel to army of the dead and uh should be a decent enough time like i mean you know that's not going to be a world beater but shouldn't be too much of a waste of two hours and then we come to what i saved the best for last and what i was vaping hash oil the whole way through all of those trailers just to get myself ready for was the second trailer for Denny Villeneuve's Dune adaptation coming out later this year and like basically left me in tears like my eyes were about to piss pure joy I can't be fucking leave what I witnessed there if that's not the greatest trailer I have ever seen with my own two eyes and I do not know what is Christ almighty it's the greatest cast ever assembled as far as I can tell Timothy Chalamet Zendaya I mean as hip as they are they can both fucking act as far as I can tell um Stellan Skarsgård is the bad guy. His henchman, the Beast Raban, is fucking Dave Bautista. Um, Oscar Isaacs is Duke Leto Atreides. Duncan Idaho is being played by What's-His-Face Momoa. Aquaman, Cal Drogo. Gurney Halleck is Sicario. What's the fucker from Sicario called? Josh Brolin, Thanos. Like, and we could go on. The leader of the Freeman is fucking Stilgar is being played by uh, Javier Bardem from No Country for Old Men. Like, we can go on and fucking on here. This is chaos. This movie looks bonkers. And it sounds like Hans Zimmer is just about to put a fucking exclamation point on his career. Holy shit. The music has been wild in each of the trailers. And, you know, for as much as it's about ecology and politics and 
honor and duty and feudalism and all of these things and surely it is there are giant fucking sandworm monsters like in tremors that i won't spoil it for you if you don't know shit about dune but like it just gets out of control like it's awesome best book i've ever read please 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 read it before you go to the cinema and see this you will you will not regret you will not regret it there's no way you could it's a guarantee from me if you don't like that book there's something wrong with you like there's simply no way you could have listened this far deep into this podcast and not enjoy that book so let's watch this fucking walloper and get the fuck out of here Alright, so here we go. I'm just going to read it out word for word. This is exactly what this girl's Instagram bio is. These are the words that she has chosen to boil herself down to. This is it. This sums her up. This is what she's putting out there into the universe publicly for people to screenshot. So, here we go. Darlene, kissing lips emoji. Proud mom slash wifey, heart emoji, peace sign emoji. Superhero slash angel, heart emoji. Fitness, health, bikinis, heart emoji. Travel, food, wine, good company, heart emoji. Healthy is sexy, heart emoji. Love is all you need, heart emoji. And I just have so many questions, right? Like, if, like, love is all you need, but like, what about bikinis? What about good company? Why not just write love and leave it at that? Why list all these other things that you seem to think we're more important to list first like fitness health but also healthy is sexy like what also how are you a superhero and an angel what what's going on there how i i don't get it like is this like how (laughs) it's it's like how people are mental health survivors i mean we're all mental health survivors like do you mean mental illness survivor because I don't know. It's just it's like, what what do you what do you want? A fucking medal? Like, if you're back in the world of the living, if you pull yourself out of depression, great, let's go. Why have that reminder hanging around? I don't know. Maybe it is to do with their recovery and it's a medical thing, and I don't know. But like, come on, what the fuck? Fitness, health, bikinis, travel, food, wine, good company, healthy is sexy. But like, drinking too much wine certainly not fucking healthy. There's just so much fucking going on in here. All the heart emojis. Why does one line get a heart emoji and a peace sign emoji? Wifey too. I think maybe that's what rubs me the most up the wrong way about this. Proud mom slash wifey. Superhero slash angel. Fitness health bikinis. Travel food wine. Good company. Healthy is sexy. Love is all you need. Well. (sighs) I sure hope you've got a lot of it. Because there's absolutely zero coming your way from me. Or this show here tonight. You fucking walloper. Listen we'll be back next week. I actually had a bunch of stuff that I didn't even have time to get to there tonight. So we've got a number of things to come back around to next week. And. Who knows what the fuck the theme could be next week. It is absolutely all to play for here on another brand new Punkadelic podcast. But for right now, let's just leave it at peace, love, Punkadelic.